Welcome to the Unlocking Athletic Potential podcast with Ian and Johnny. Discussing our passions of sport, OCR, running, and fitness to help you perfect your craft. What's up, everybody? I hope you are doing well. For our third episode of Unlocking Athletic Potential, we have one of OCR's most successful and inspirational power couples. They have been competing in the sport since 2013 and have amassed a total of 66 elite Spartan podiums between them. We'll find out during the episode who has the most of these out of the two. They live in Sydney, Australia, but outside of their home country have competed in Asia, Europe and the US. And on this worldwide journey are the only couple to have podiumed in two different countries on the same weekend. They very much see the sport as an integral part of their lives. Yes, we are talking about Jade and Brendan Hunt. We'll hear about their OCR journey, how they found each other, what motivates them, who inspires them, and how they have maintained focus during the setbacks of injuries and now with the current COVID-19 situation. Jade and Brendan Hunt, welcome to the show. Great to have you both on board. Hey, hey. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. I guess we better start with your backstory. When did you guys find Spartan Race? And in that journey, when did you find each other? So I think I found obstacle racing first. I, my first event was actually a Tough Mudder. And then I sort of did the Tough Mudder and got through it not too bad. And then about two weeks after that, I did a, a seven kilometer Spartan sprint and it smoked me. It absolutely hammered me. And I was like, I need to find out more about this event. Like how can a, such a short race be so hard and I'd be so exhausted at the end of it. So that was 2012? 2013. 2013. 2013 okay. and, then, and then, so yeah, sort of got into the racing that way. And uh, back then we had a, uh, like a racing league in like an OCR racing league in Australia. Yeah, just signed up to that and sort of met a few others and found out that there was more races, you know, around the place. Yeah, we were actually, I was, so a few of the guys I was racing with were going to be in a team race and we needed three guys and three girls. Um, and we had the three guys, in, including myself, and then two other women, and we needed one more. And one of the guys on the team, actually, it was his wife's cousin, is Jade. And he said, oh, nice. look, my wife's cousin, she's been doing sort of half marathons and she plays Oztag at like a, an elite level for, you know, has done for quite a few years. I'll give her the call up and we can do some training in that. And then, yeah, so we, did, we didn't actually end up doing the race because the, the race folded. But, yeah, we, we all trained together and, yeah, we sort of... I did my first Spartan race probably... It would have been maybe a month after that because that race didn't go ahead. The boys all said, why don't you come down? There's a race in Melbourne, a Spartan race. And I remember I, I had no idea of any of the obstacles. Um, the boys literally the probably two weeks before the race were trying to teach me just some of the obstacles. Like I never climbed a rope or anything like that. Thankfully, I was able to pick it up pretty quickly but that was yeah my really first I had done one obstacle race prior to us meeting so that was just another like urban styled obstacle race so not a Spartan race but with, yeah with, then your, they... with your fitness at this point Jade Brendan you you have like a slight track background running background cross-country backgrounds right yeah, so I actually, in 2012, I went for special forces selection and spent a whole year dedicating my life to that and didn't get in. Yeah. And when I didn't get in, like, look, I'm, I've got a really, really good level of fitness here. I was really strong, sort of running really well. And I was like, I don't want to waste this. You know, I've spent a whole year sort of training my butt off and I don't want to waste this. So 
I, I was looking for something else to just sort of get into and, and that's where it came from. But yeah, I do. I did come from a running background in, in high school and that. So. And then Jade, you were coming into this 2013 competition didn't work out. The, the United competition with Brendan, but join the Spartan race. A running background there as well prior to this? No. So I've come mostly from team sport. Played a lot of netball in my younger years. And then um, I was tag, which is an Australian sport. I know yep. not really the country. Similar to flag in other countries it's called or flag gridiron but played a lot of that and then um actually tore my acl way back then and had oh, to have wow. knee reconstruction and i could only really run in straight line so then started running and did a couple of house marathons just for something different but had never done running solely running prior to that so yeah when i first started out i did have a little bit of a running foundation for that past year maybe but prior to then i hadn't really done other than, you know, cross countries and stuff at school, but just had done lots of team sports and I guess was pretty fit from playing lots of team sport. Nice. So this 2013 Spartan race happened. You're both there. What's the distance for your first race? So it was a super down in Melbourne. I remember like Brendan talking up the whole that, you know, it's really hard to get a podium in Spartan races and that it's the best of the best that race in Spartan. One day he hoped to get on the podium because he only done a few races prior to then and you know had gotten close to it but not on it anyway and I remember thinking oh yeah like this is interesting it's going to be really tough so then we're we've all gone down there together and Brendan had finished prior to me as usual um but he'd come back to see where I was on the course and this was back in the day where Deanna Blegg used to race he's one of our you know best Aussie women, you know, came second in the world champs. Yep. Anyway, she was at that race that day and Brennan had told me a lot about her and I remember seeing her going, wow, she's amazing. Um, and there was a couple of other girl, well-known girls. Anyway, I was pretty intimidated, I'm not going to lie, when I was there, but I thought I just, you know, no one knows me, I'm the underdog, I'll just go in there, do my thing and um, try and get better, I guess, in the future races. Anyway, I remember coming around the corner and they actually had the last obstacle, you had to just do 30 burpees. So it was a burpee obstacle into then um, the finish. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty harsh, I wow. remember, because I've done quite a few burpees well, already. Love that. But then I remember coming around the corner and Brendan was standing there and I was in second position. So Deanna had finished ahead of me. You know, no one was on my um, case. And I remember him standing there going, no way, you are kidding me, when he saw me coming. And I remember just smiling at him because I was thinking, I'm going to get a podium before you do. And, but yeah, crossed the line and ended up um, coming second. Was it second I got or yeah, third? Second. I can't remember. Second. Second. So Brendan, where did you finish in that race? I think probably fourth. I think I was fourth because it's, it's still, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I <laughs> so the, the first of the 66 podiums went to Jade. That's a brilliant story. <laughs> when, we, when we were talking about the editing of this podcast, I think this is one of the parts that needs to be edited out. Oh, this, is, this is all in. If, if anything needs to stay, it's definitely that. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never heard the stories, and obviously, I've known you guys now for, for three, four years, so that is brilliant to hear. And so, as you can tell, it's still a very sore point. <laughs> I'm guessing that experience for you just was like, wow, I want some more of this. I know sometimes we, we find a passion and we're not immediately good at it, but some people find it and bang, straight away, they're finding good results very early on. And in your case, your very first race against someone that had finished second in the world, just, just finishing ahead of you. So what was, what was the next steps from there? 
Yeah, it was it was actually pretty hard to be honest because it was the last race of the season. It was I think like November or October maybe, and there wasn't going to be another race to like March the following year or something like that. So right. I remember thinking, oh, this sucks. Like I definitely want to do this more. Like it, it did definitely ignite a passion and like the fire was burning strongly in my belly I just wanted to race in everything then because I was like this is awesome I need to do this more but yeah I couldn't I couldn't actually race again to the following year and I'm pretty sure it was a beast as well was the first race of the year and so it was a big step up having come from you know doing a super to then the following year a beast and I remember thinking, like, it was a super tough beast as well. Like, I think it took most elite females about four hours to complete because it was up and down, like, huge hills and things like that. So, yeah, I think I got a bit of a um, silver lining that first race and thought, oh, yeah, I got this in the bag and then took on a pretty brutal beast in Picton um, early the following year and was like all right, yeah, I've got to definitely up the training even more if I want to be right up there, particularly for the longer distances. But um, yeah, it was, I was hooked instantly for sure. And I've not really looked back. So were you, were you guys together now at this point? Yeah, by that following year we were, yeah. Okay, and Brent, Brendan, I guess, had seen you cross the line in second and he was like, right, I haven't won a podium position this time, but I feel like I've got a winner here. And he, he made the move to... Uh, <laughs> I never wanted to talk to her again, but I mean, she kept turning up to the races that I was at. So I was like, oh, and she's pretty, she's pretty cute on the eye. So I thought, oh, you know, I'll hang around. <laughs> I was so filthy getting that podium. And, and the type of person that she is, obviously like super competitive, which I'm sure we'll touch on, is she, she gave it to me heaps. She like the fact that she had her, her, her first podium and I didn't have one, it was like, she fed it to me big time. So I think that was one of the big appeals about her as well. It was like, oh, that's yeah, this, girl, this girl's got some sass about her. So, <laughs> so from this, this period of time, finishing the 2013 season, moving into the 2014 season, March, were you guys training together at this point as well? Giving each other tips? How was that? Definitely. Especially because Brennan had that running background and I'd never, ever been coached in running at all. Um, so definitely his insight on how to how I should be training for running particularly for obstacle racing just because prior to that I had like just googled like most people do just some different running programs and was kind of religiously sticking to programs that are based solely just for runners which as you know as obstacle racers there's lots of different kind of elements you've got to think about and just training solely as a runner you know isn't going to make you the best obstacle racer so yeah, yeah to get his insight and advice with that that was yeah a huge benefit for me we like jade was training with a, a fitness group which was which was really good we sort of like joined in a few sessions here and there but the fact that we had we all came together and in that sort of team race which we were initially going to do just because it didn't go ahead sort of didn't mean we went our separate ways. You know, I was still training quite a lot with the guys that I was going to be in that team event with. Yeah. And the fact that we'd met these, these girls as well that, that were going to be in the team, we were like, you know what, we've got a pretty good thing going on here. So whether yeah, that's we- true. We actually, we, we trained as a group probably for a solid year, all of nice. us like doing quite regular sessions together and they were all race, obstacle races too. So yeah, we did have quite a, and it became a social thing then as well. We'd always go for breakfast afterwards or we'd 
um, go and get smoothies and juices after the session and coffee and stuff together. So yeah, it was more of a social hangout rather than, you know, just solely for training. So that, that was really good. Yeah. Combining your passions with your social life as well sounded like an ideal kind of combination there. So Jade's podiumed in her first race. Brendan's still waiting for that magic moment to happen. Guys are training together to get towards 66 podiums. The momentum must have started building. We had a pretty good thing going on. We worked out that we we're pretty, worked pretty well together and started training a bit more and moved, we're like official. We sort of went official and then we moved in together. I don't know, is that... I think, I think the momentum as well, just by having, like, I probably wouldn't have really gotten that into it if it was on my own, like, especially oh. traveling in state. Like, I, I couldn't have seen myself just jumping on a flight on my own, flying to another state, hiring a car, often having to drive pretty far away to then compete and do all that on your own. But as a yeah. couple, it made it so much easier and it became more a bit of like a holiday too, you know, like which places can we go and see? Or well, there's a race in this state. Have you been there before? And I think that's what then fueled our international travel too. Like it's always more so been about going to different places where we haven't been before to experience obviously different cultures, the cultures and, and the people and, and then the bonus is then getting to do a race there as well and perhaps seeing how different countries or different states run their races and yep. um, yeah I guess that's kind of fueled us to keep keep traveling and keep doing lots of different races all around because of the experiences that come with the racing yeah, so, so the early motivation was, first of all, doing well, finding something you were good at. The second motivation was, okay, I've got someone who equally enjoys doing this with me. And then the third yeah. motivation was, well, I like traveling. We could travel together. And these Spartan races seem to be popping up all over the globe. So we could do this together. Yeah. And as a bonus, make a little bit of a holiday out of this as well. You start traveling. The momentum continues to build. You're getting all of these podiums, doing fantastically well. Was there any point during this where you were finding yourselves helping each other more? Actually, there was a bit more of a rivalry going on here. How was that kind of developing as obviously you had a relationship now, but at the same time, you're both going into races, maybe one's doing better than the other, or maybe one's advising one more than the other. How was this relationship building? I wouldn't know how it feels to uh, have Brendan doing better than me. So I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking. <laughs> so we challenge or compete against each other with like nearly everything we do, I guess. So sure. we're like, we were, we were thinking like if what, if one of the questions is who's more competitive, who would it be? And I don't think we can guess who would be more competitive. Cause like we, <laughs> we race each other to, to brush our teeth at night. Like it's just, I don't know. Like it's like being super competitive. So Jade's got one podium up on me. It's like, right. Time, time to hit the ground running. Don't worry about racing DP or Johnny or any of those other guys. Like, I'll deal with those guys on race day. It's like we we got another podium to get back because the wife's got one now. So it's it's good though. Like it's it's really it's good to have someone to when you're having an off day and you're feeling crappy, you're feeling lazy. You know, it's good to have that kick up the bum. Say, come on, like let's do a session or yep. you know long runs. It's good to just have someone to chat to and go and get through it together. It's good to when it's cold and it's rainy and it's dark and it's that really unmotivating times. It's good to have that other person to just go. We said this morning we're going to do this this session tonight, so let's go and do it. Or 
when you when it's good to have those that, that other person through the highs and, you know the success but then when it's like it you know you don't sort of get that it's good to have the person you go you know what let's get back up on the horse and let's you know last race you missed this obstacle or you fell off this or you know you need to work on this right let's work on that together you know that might be a weakness that we both have that we can both sort of make like a strength or you know it's good to just bounce that stuff off each other and and go from there with it has it ever got to a point where one of you is doing so well and the other one's kind of like maybe not having a great time where it's quite difficult in terms of someone's bringing home the podium week in week out and then the other person's missing it each time and so I think that was 2017 that was Jade Jade was like she was just flying she had a really really good year she was like training really well really motivated really was just on fire, just like it all, all the dots lined up. They were just, yeah, she was doing really well. And I like, I, I still sort of raced well and, and anything Jade touched turned to gold type thing. Whereas yep. 2018 was, was probably more my year. Is that you? I think, I think it's more like if you're going really bad, but then the other person's doing good, you've still got something to really celebrate then. So like, rather than thinking, oh, you know, that really sucks because I'm doing really bad. I kind of look at it as in, well, at least Brendan did well. And now we can celebrate the fact that he's won or had a really good race. I kind of feel like, I guess you, you're just as happy for them that then you're still happy. And you don't want to be like that person that, oh, but I race bad and stuff like that. Yep. It's more like, well, I'm really pleased that you've done really good. And it's great that you can celebrate the other person's victory. Like, I don't. Yeah, you've almost got two chips going into each race. It's like, if I don't exactly. do well, then. Hopefully yeah. Brendan does well and Brendan finishes exactly. his race like, Shh, I haven't had yeah. a good one or I've had a really good one. Well, He'll still Brendan check back on you and it could be a double win. Exactly, exactly. If we both don't do well, then it's like, oh, damn. But if at least one of us does, then you kind of feel like it's a win for both of us anyway type thing. So, yeah, it, it was quite always good if at least one of us got up. But if then we both raced well, then that was, yeah, as you said, bonus. That was amazing. But if we both had bad races and perhaps didn't get the result we wanted, then that that was pretty not not the best of times. But once again, having that person to vent to who probably had that similar those similar feelings, you know, that that was nice to be able to have that in that situation too. You guys were silent for quite a bit, right? For both of you guys had some injuries, so was that a competition too to see who gets sidelined longer? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Hey, oh, once no. It, to be honest, that was actually quite a nice time. I guess what people are experiencing at the moment to just have a bit of downtime. Like we did a bit more traveling and just obviously not having to worry about like racing and stuff like that. But then just focused our energy in other areas rather than training and racing. So I think it was actually a blessing in disguise that we both did get injured at the same time. Because it wasn't like, say, Brendan was off racing and I was getting massive FOMO because I couldn't race or vice versa. And then we just used that time. like we, As I mentioned, we did a lot of traveling, spending weekends away, camping and doing all these things that we love but often don't have enough time to do when we've got races back-to-back most weekends. So, yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't too bad. I think, I think one of the things I always get from you guys is you're always giving out positive vibes. Obviously, you found your passion with OCR. That is a definite, there's two people that turn up on that start line who are motivated to do well, who love the sport. And regardless of where they finish at the end, they'll take the positives out of it. And what I'm realizing through this last year of you both coming back from injuries is the fact that, again, you've worked together 
as a team to kind of, okay, right, let's switch focus and put our positivity into chilling out and relaxing. And yeah, we want a race. We know that's there and we'll hit that back again, but there's not a lot we can do about it at the moment. So let's channel this positive energy now into, as I say, what you're saying, relaxing a bit more, chilling out, hanging out and doing the things we don't normally get to do. Having that ability to switch off, switch attention to something still positive and looking at it in a positive way is, is awesome, guys. So that in itself is very inspirational, as both of you are. That last year must have been tough, though, in terms of you did want to be on the course and you were both injured. And I know particularly for yourself, Brendan, when you came back, you weren't possibly getting the results that we would expect from you. I know you're now getting back into hopefully a bit more form, but was that difficult to keep yourself motivated? And did Jade still provide that kind of inspiration and buzz for you during that time? Yeah, last year was a bit of a, a bit of a, a bugger of a year. Like I said, I had 2018, I, I had a, a pretty good year and was just running really well. And, and it's more my headspace. Like Jade is, Jade is really, really motivated. She can just go out any day of the week, any time, rain, hail or shine, she'll go out. If she knows she's got to do a session, she'll go out and do it. Whereas I'm, I'm a lot more, if I'm, if I'm running well, if I'm racing well, I keep that ball rolling. Whereas if I have like a bit of a setback, I'm just like, oh. not, not so much what's the point, but just more like it's, I just, I guess I find it, you know, a bit harder to, to get that motivation. And I think because I had such a great year in 2018, it was, it wasn't like, it's never about just getting the podium for me or for both of us, you know, it's not just about getting the podium. It's, it's the whole package is about the traveling and, and, you know, seeing legends like you guys and, and all the other people we met in OCR. And, and if you happen to get the podium at the end of the day, it's just the cherry on top, you know, yeah. 2018 was like, there was just, you know, the cherry on top, the cherry on top, as well as all these epic adventures. Yeah. And then right. I sort of rolled my ankle pretty badly in, uh, in a race in Hong Kong. And that sort of brought everything to a bit of a grinding halt. Now I still had, sort of that motivation and that and that drive because I'd had such a a good year last year and we actually had luckily a bit of a break you know over Christmas and and early 2019 so I rehabbed my ankle pretty hard and thought you know I'm, I'm ready to come back and then we did a race one of the actually that was 2019 was the year they brought in the um the like Australian championship series in Australia so that was the first race back was like a championship race. So it wasn't just, you know, a normal race. You sort of had a bit more at stake and, and being the first championship, you, you know, you wanted to, to do well in and, you know, sort of have a good crack at that. So it was like, right, I, I rehabbed the ankle pretty hard and sort of felt pretty good with it. And then a few K into that first race back, that was it, went over on it again. And it was like, I was, I was back to square one. I, I, I re-tore all the scar tissue on it. It was like, I just spent months rehabbing it and it was like, you know, it lasted half an hour on me and, and that was it. So it was like far out. Like how can you go from having a blinder of a year the year before to, you know, you're back to square one within the first race of the of this and being in an Australian series too. Like that was it. I was out. You know, it was only a three race series in Australia. So I was pretty much that that was me pretty much out of the series. So then, you know, try and rehab it again and, and try and stay motivated and stuff. And I think having the successful year in 2018 was a really a bit of a downfall for me because I went into most of the races in 2019 going, not I need to get the same performance I've been having, but I sort of almost expected it because I've been, I've been doing quite well. So it was like when I wasn't getting the results, I wasn't running like I was, I wasn't 
you know, motivated to train because I, I had this injury. It was like, this isn't, why isn't this working? Like, why isn't this, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sort of running as well as I can and, and I'm not happy with this. And then it just sort of started in like a downward spiral. You know, you get the, the negative thoughts and you get the, you're unmotivated and you're not keen to get out there. And yeah, it just wasn't, it sort of, I was, I was chasing the wrong thing in 2019. It was, you know, I wasn't chasing. Before that you, you saw it as the total package, you had the love of the sport and it, even though you were doing well, it was the cherry on top where for 2019, maybe you lost sight of the, the, fact that if you don't do well there's still so much out there to be celebrate in terms of exactly yeah yeah i lost sight of the journey and uh and it was more like you're trying to get to the destination by skipping the whole journey and it's like that's oh. you know you're in, in it for the completely wrong reasons so yeah it was like 2019 was tough and ended up rolling in a third time in a in a 24 hour race i was only six hours into it and tore some ligaments and it was like you know what this is not working this is not where I want to be with this and it's especially the headspace as well it was like this is you know I'm not enjoying this and I'm, I'm really just sort of bashing my head against the wall for no reason so it was like let's yeah. cut the rest of the year away Jade you know Jade had had her knee reconstruction so it was like let's focus on some other stuff for a while and, and get you know the drive back and, and get the headspace right again you know to do with the whole thing so that was a good decision and I guess it was coincidence in the fact that you both were injured at the same time, so you could kind of take that break together. But Jade, from very much sort of following your rehab, it was almost like OCR had stopped and there was the brand new challenge of getting yourself as fit as quickly as you can and rehabbing it. It was almost like this was now a second race for you. That was very much yeah. the vibe I was getting from you. And Brendan, obviously, that was tough for him coming off such a strong year. And obviously, 2019 Brendan started amazing for you as well with those wins in both Philippines and in Singapore as well you were absolutely flying but Jade your motivation levels through the surgery just seemed <laughs> unbelievable it was as I say it was like another journey in itself <laughs> it's a bit the competitiveness because I was like I can like I can, I'm going to be if, if they say that it takes 12 weeks for someone the earliest someone's been able to run say well, I'll do it in 10 weeks then. <laughs> and um, just stuff with like, yeah, I think because I, I, like I am competitive, but like I'm motivated too. And it's like, well, this is, this is the situation. And if I do everything right and follow, and I had an amazing physio as well. And so, and he knows me, me and the type of person I am. So he would say to me, the normal person would do this but I know you and you can do this and would give me like he was push allowing me to push along and push ahead of the schedule within reason, of course. But yeah, you're right. It became that. Well, how, how quickly can I get back to form? And for me, I think it's more like I need to move to feel good about myself, but work out and exercise more for the mental side of things rather than the physical side of things. So for me to the thing I was most worried about, like I didn't care about not being able to race. To be honest, like I'm pretty lucky. We've raced for a long time and I was like, okay, like I haven't been able to race at the level I want to for so, some time now because I've been held back with this knee. So I was ready to get it fixed so that I could race at a higher level. But I was most worried about not being able to do any exercise. And the first thing I said to the physio and the surgeon was well, like, well, can I still do stuff in the, like, the few weeks afterwards or am I literally not allowed to do anything? And they're like, no, no, you can, you know, you can do seated weights. You can do this, you can do that. So 
I think for me then I th- like I thought well I'm just going to keep doing everything I can do so that I can keep moving and then obviously I was able to then progress through the different you know um, rehab phases and then get back to being able to run and stuff at, yeah. at an early stage which is good yeah I think a, a pretty good motivator as well for Jade was um seeing a lot of the the girls she's used to racing around the world they it, it, I don't know whether it was coincidence or not but they all sort of seemed to step up another level when Jade was you know not 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 because Jade was out they just all seemed to you know find a new gear um and she was like you know seeing all these results from all these races and it was like oh like I wonder where I would have gone against those girls and oh this and that and it was like a you could really see her like really itching to get back there and it was like right you know these girls are these girls have stepped it up and they're racing really well you know that's it's some good tussles going on with these girls so let's let's step up myself and get this rehab happening so that I can get back out there and, and see how I go against them. It was, a, it was a funny adventure for us just following along, like watching her pose and stuff like that. All the different single accomplishments she started doing from not being able to walk, you know, rehabbing immediately and start doing like lifting and start running. And everybody like that's, I mean, following Instagram, we're like, dang, this girl is like progressing. Like, how is she doing that from a surgery? I'm surprised. I'm like, dang. Yeah. It, I've got to say it was, it was hugely motivational actually, because, the one thing that we will all encounter on our athletic journeys is injury. It will happen to all of us. The way your mindset to attack that as a kind of race in itself or, okay, 12 weeks now, I'm going for 10. And then, <laughs> yeah, I guess you do look at your rivals and you're honest about that. And yet, as, as well as you like to see some of your friends do well, ideally, you want to be out there pushing them or beating them, ideally when they are racing. And, and again, that serves as a huge motivation in terms of helping that rehab process go even quicker, doing every exercise, everything possible within your power to get back out there racing, going for it yet again. And I know we are all itching at the moment just to get back out <laughs> racing yeah. and hoping the situation develops. We're going to move on to a few bites. There are different people, books, films, other things out there that can inspire us. So we're going we're gonna to hit you with a few bites. Have you guys got a particular music track you might go to, to to motivate you before a race? Not so much before a race. Um, or training even. I don't know. Yeah, training. I think we just, like, I like my hard style, my hard trance, um, sort of that real, like, heavy dance music. Jade hates it. So, like, if I'm, if I'm banging out a session, you know, in our shed out the back, I'll, I'll normally put something on that's pretty heavy that, you know, it's like shaking the neighbor's coffee table across their, their lounge room floor type. Sure, they um, love you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say this sort of music that, that would motivate me and stuff like that. It's just more like if I'm going to grind out like a real crappy session, putting on good music makes it that 1% less grindy and less sucky. So I guess, yeah, I guess that is a little bit, mo- little bit motivating. If you hear that, um, I know like we've heard it so many times on repeat, <laughs> but the Spartan song, you know, the as I walk into like the arena of like a Spartan race and I hear that, that's it. All right, it's game on now. Like it, it's so funny because like you associate, there's two things actually for me. It's hearing the music and it's seeing in Australia generally they have the light up because most of the time the races are in the middle of nowhere type thing and you're driving before the sun's come up and, you know, you don't really know where you're going. And then all of a sudden you see a lit up sign saying Spartan um, race, turn left in one kilometre or whatever it is. 
as soon as I see the sign, I get the butterflies in my tummy because I'm like, all right, it's game on, we're here, it's time to go. And then the definitely the Spartan song <laughs> too and hearing that before the race when you're doing your warm-up and then when you're on the start line. I think though that that's it. like I don't when we're training and stuff like Brendan, I'm pretty much I'm happy to besides his stuff, I'm happy to listen to anything to try and just as a motivator and a distractor, I guess, if you're in the hurt locker. But I think that Spartan song definitely gets me pretty yeah. pumped up. Race. Might have to stick that on just to uh, we're lacking races at the moment to G me up for a session just to help me remember <laughs> yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. yeah, do a time trial, put that on, and then go punch out a time trial. Absolutely. Or how about a film or a documentary? Is there a film or documentary that has really inspired you? I quite liked Very Old. It's a book, well, originally a book, but I, I really liked The Power of One, the book that Bryce Courtney, I don't know if you've ever I read have, it. I have never read it. I will definitely add it to the list now you've recommended yeah, it. Yeah, as a kid, I watched that and I was just, yeah, I was really inspired by it as a, as a, as a child and I really kind of liked it. Um, uh, there's a there's a saying and I, I won't be able to quote it word for word but it was something like little would beat big when little has a bigger heart or something like that like because obviously he's a boxer right and he's only really little and he beats opponent that's bigger than him it's about the fact that yeah if you've got a bigger heart and you and you put in the effort then you know you can beat kind of any opponent regardless of perhaps their size or you know their experience or and stuff like that so I think that's kind of stuff with oh, me cool. but yeah. Um, I guess myself, like I like watching, no, I wouldn't say so much movies. I, Al, the Alex Honnold and um, the Dawn Wall, Dawn Wall um, where yep. he climbs up that, watching that was like, wow, all right, if, if this guy can do that, then I guess I can go out and do a long run on a Sunday morning. <laughs> like, what have, what have I got to complain about when this guy's scaling something like that? But yeah. Long runs of Brendan's absolute nemesis. Like, um, he will talk and come up with every excuse possible to not have to do it every Sunday. <laughs> and he tends to be able to get it. Like, you know, he'll often be conveniently working on the Sunday or whatever it might be. But that's his nemesis. So he I often think- needs inspirational quotes and everything else just to get him out on a Sunday morning. (laughs) I feel like Um, a podcast I have to stick on for those longer runs for me because I think we're similar. I prefer short, sharp stuff rather than anything that drags on for a long time. So if it's a long, slow run, then I have to stick on a podcast. If it's like maybe a longer run with some sort of intensity, the podcast doesn't quite do it. And yeah, I've just got to find some way to find that motivation to keep me going but i can certainly try and delay my time a little bit before i go on that run trying to find a few few other things to do before yeah. i actually have to hit it yeah brendan yeah. turned into like a minute on minute off and stuff and i'm like it's not meant to be that i'm just meant to cruise but he just wants it over with as soon as possible and he'll end up running a long run at a much faster pace than what he's meant to just because he wants it to be over with surely if you pencil in for a 90 minute long run but you run it quicker the 90 minutes goes quicker, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to say on the films tip, sometimes I think about films that have motivated me, like the sports films like Coach Carter, Any Given Sunday, Gridiron Gam. But the other night I watched The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. It was really motivational. It's about a boy living in Africa and their country are basically going through a terrible famine. And he goes to his school library and he's not actually allowed to go to school because his parents haven't paid the fees. But he takes this book about um, renewable energy and wind turbines. You know, many people in his village are starving. It's, it's a true story. He builds this incredible wind turbine. 
And I guess the reason it motivated me, it was because one, we're so blessed to have all these incredible things at our disposal to train. But secondly, yeah. just being resourceful, resourceful with very limited resources and not having much at all. And people in the third world can, can do that and come up with these inspirational ideas. I thought the film was incredible. We watched it earlier in the week and I had an amazing session the next day. It was at the forefront oh, of time. Yeah. I don't know if you've watched the BAM Film Festival, the, the short films. I was just going to say is, that. This is yeah. probably out. Like, yeah. I didn't think about it initially, but it's so inspiring. It's like usually 10 short films. So, so in the town, in, in the Banff um, town in Canada, they have a film festival every year where all these people just send their short films and it can be hiking up a mountain, it can be skiing off a cliff with a parachute, it can be just all random short films and then they compile the, like the best 10, 12 films and then send it around the world as like a, a tour thing. And it's you, a documentary, like you go and watch it. It's, it's a festival. I, I, I may have seen one of these where the guy runs the marathon. So every hour he runs a mile. So he starts off for three miles and then he tries to cram in the rest of his day as many other tasks as he, as he can. So he has like 40 tasks written on a board, like make a table, chop up firewood, fix this, fix that. And so he, Starts off, runs three miles, and then does two jobs. The next hour, right. he runs a mile, and is it, I think Perhaps that's the same festival. Every different ones get through. So, like this has been going for twenty odd years. So yeah. every year, it'll be the top ten. Like the standout one for me, which I found so inspirational um, in last year's, um, and I'll share it with you afterwards. Um, it's about um, an elderly man who's now in his nineties that has done the same run in America. It's like quite a few miles and it's very steep. And he started running because he had a bad heart um, when in his fifties or something. And his wife got him some running shorts and a running shirt to help encourage him to be active. And then he did that run every single year in the exact same outfit. He'd since lost his wife. Um, her name was Mary. This one's called For the Love of Mary. And he he went back and got the record for the um, oldest person to do it, let's say, probably 20 years ago or something. And he's gone back every year and beaten his own record. And the film, like, had him doing it last year. And don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure he's in his 90s and he had to have someone either side just in case he collapsed, but he didn't want them to help him. He wanted to get to the finish line on his own and he had a lot of charisma about him. Hey? He's like, like this he little, little old bent man with white hair that just shuffles along like he's hardly Still in running. his shorts that his wife had made him 50 years ago. I'm going to watch this this evening. Is it, is it awesome. available on YouTube? or? It's on um, Vimeo. If you, okay. if you look for for the love of Mary, Bant Film Festival, you'll find it. It's it's the most beautiful. It's got beautiful music in it too. I just I cry every time Jade, I watch Jade it. Jade balls every time. She I show it. my students regularly, and I still cry. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will watch it this evening with Sharon. Hundred okay. percent. I will get on that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, that was a really good point. That if you watch, so we went one night and watched this Bant Film Festival, and it was like. Every single video, like I got goosebumps sitting here just just thinking about watching it. Like they were just incredible, you know, really different. A mum and daughter were walking the whole way along the coast of Canada from 
I don't know how many thousands of miles or something like you through the mountains and just like this did this big hike. You know, the, the the little old man doing his running. There was a guy who a downhill mountain bike rider who came from nothing in the middle of Peru. Like it just like really, but they're really really well put together videos. So you watch it, and you're like, oh, that's it. I'm gonna go and climb Everest and and carry a camel up there at the same time because I can conquer the world now. Like put it just, this way, we we watched this one that Brandon's talking about the Bant Film Festival and I was on crutches from my surgery. I'd had my surgery not even a week prior to that. So maybe that had something to do with me <laughs> sticking to my uh, recovery and rehab and rehabbing quite quick. <laughs> Sweet. Johnny, how about yourself, mate? Is there some sort of film or documentary that's captured you to motivate you? Oh, man. Um... The one I love is not even related to running or anything. It's a, it's a snowboarding video. <laughs> snowboarding. It's, yeah, yeah, back in the day, like, it was, I used to be massive in snowboarding before I got into running or any other OCR sports or anything like that. Uh, snow sports was a major thing for me growing up. And this one, I think it was, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it's by Travis Rice, like one of the original ones yeah. back in the day. And it's just the music, his, his journey of exploration, the idea of, of the openness, exploring the world, while at the same time still having that competitiveness, doing sports, snowboarding, and then just pushing hard in all these different terrains. So that's, it's, it, it still goes on for me personally. Like the idea of racing is part of the exploration, like you guys do, right? It's like an adventure, see what you can do. And then along with it, why not take a little bit of a competition with it, right? I think I... Um... So talking to you guys is bringing back so many memories. I've missed you guys so much not seeing you. Yeah. But a lot of my motivation comes from, I wouldn't exactly call them close calls. I don't know, like that race. So that race, I raced you in Singapore, Deethi. And yep. it was like that sprint finish to the line. It was like, I've, I don't think I've ever worked so hard to get a win in a race before in my life. Like that was like, I was absolutely smoked crossing that finish line. And it was like, shit. These guys have been working real hard because if that's me at my limit and they're that close, I need to be working harder. So I got, I got home after that, that race and it was like, clear the whiteboard. We're, we're, we're going to draw up some plans here because we need to start doing a lot more to put a lot more distance on, on these competitors. So I think, yeah, a lot of motiv motivation comes from like, where are we at? Where do you think you're at? And then, and then when you race and it's like, all right, I was feeling good and I didn't, might not have got the result that I wanted, but I was, I was really competitive and I was sort of racing well on that. Or it's like, yeah, you think you're doing well, but the other guys have definitely stepped it up a bit and you need to start pulling your finger out and, and getting, you know, taking it a bit more seriously and starting finding a bit more hurt so that when, it, when you do turn up on the start line on race day, it's like, no, I'm, I've got this. That's the hard factor for all of us, right? Especially during this time where we don't have any races. Everybody thinks they're doing great. Everybody thinks they're putting in the hard work. But then the day is that we don't really know where any of us are at, right? Like, like yeah, yeah. That's that's right. Yeah. And also like that, that effort level that we're so used to during these races, we, we might lose sight of that. So how hard we want to push or how hard we want to train is all relative at the moment. And until that yeah. first race, we're all on the start line. Everybody thinks they're doing great. There will be that one person that does a little better than everybody else. In terms of talking about people, obviously, you know, we've got a great community in terms of the APAC region. And one of the positives is seeing each other. But is there someone out there, maybe an OCR athlete, maybe a friend, maybe not, maybe someone that you, you see on the live streams or maybe someone from a different sport who inspire both of you guys? Jade, if you, is, is there anyone? I think Lindsay Webster in our sport is just 
the absolute pinnacle. Like, obviously, she's just such an amazing athlete and she's pretty much won everything there is to win. Her and Ryan are both well above everybody, I believe, but I just love both their personalities as well. So I think they have, like, just the perfect approach to it all. Like, I feel that you can see they're both obviously competitive and stuff like that, but I think they don't get caught up in all the nonsense that often in any kind of sport will often be there. I think they handle things in really mature ways and just I really look up to them not only because of what amazing athletes they are, but just their presence within the sport and their, um, I guess, like how they come across. Like obviously I don't know them personally at all, but just from following their journeys and just hearing interviews of them and even just on social media, seeing uh, when they weigh into controversial topics. I just think they have such a great view on most things. Like I've always seemed to agree with the um, standpoint that they take on certain controversial topics, but even just the way they hold themselves, I just feel that they, um, they do such a good job of that. So yeah, I definitely would say I'm super inspired not only to be any, you know, I'm never going to be right where they are, but if I could be a quarter of where they'd be, I'm like super happy, but just, I guess more so as people, I think it's such an important thing to be a better, like be a good person ahead of being a good athlete. So I I think they do, they nail it. I a hundred percent agree with you with what you've just said there, Brendan. I guess along the similar lines of what Jade said, I agree. Ryan and Lindsay are just, you know, awesome athletes, but I think Another athlete, John Albin, he's done, he doesn't get caught up in a lot of the bullshit of, of you know, the politics that have, um, have sort of occurred over the, the years of racing. He just doesn't, like, he, I've seen people ask him about, what do you do, John, to be a, a multiple world champion and, and how do you be so good at so many disciplines? And he goes, well, it's an obstacle race, so you need to practice your running and you need to be able to have a good grip to hang on to rings and, and wet monkey bars and this and that. So he's like, I run and I do bouldering and I climb. Like it's, it's, there's no, like a lot of people have these fancy treadmills and they have these supplements and they have the shoes and they've got, you know, they get, you can get so caught up in so much, you know, fluff about everything, which, you know, it's, 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 if that works for some people, that's, that's amazing. You know, that they, that's their, their choice in that. But I think with John, it's just really basic, you know, he runs up mountains and he boulders and he climbs like his grip strength is phenomenal. And he's an amazing runner. Like at the end of the day, what more do you need in, in obstacle racing? So I just, I like that approach about him. Another guy I think is pretty inspiring. He's uh, one of the Aussie guys, Lachlan Danzy. You know, the guy's an absolute freak. Like, I don't know whether you've heard of him or raced him, but I've never raced can... him, but I know exactly who he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's dabbled in CrossFit. He's dabbled in sort of fitness expo, challenges he's dabbled in obstacle racing he's dabbled in endurance running 24 hour races races. like the guy is when when he's when he's on form the guy is unbeatable he'll win a a five kilometer super fast urban sprint and then he'll you know two weeks later he'll he'll back up and and dominate in a a 21 kilometer spartan beast and then two weeks later go and go and win a crossfit combat the guy is so diverse um and just really you know, really humble about it too. He'll give, you know, the time of day for anyone to chat about training and techniques and this and that, what works for him. He puts all of his stuff out there. You know? Like when he wins his 24-hour races, the next year he'll put up all of his nutrition, all of his training plans. Like he's really, 
he's really forthcoming with his information and his knowledge, but he's super humble about it as well. You know, um, when he won the, the 24 hour world champ, uh, enduro last year, you know, um, he, I think he just had his son uh, a few weeks before it. And it was just a really emotional time for him. He hadn't, yeah, uh, we are. Uh, there's a funny joke about his son. Um, one of the other guys at, Canadian guy that races in Australia, Quinton Gill. We both asked Lockie what he was going to name his son, and we thought Brendan Quinton Jr. was a pretty good name. So <laughs> that's since stuck from then. Yeah, and no, Lockie finished the race, and and it was really emotional for him. And it was he said it'd been a pretty pretty hard build up to the race, and he actually set the lap individual lap record for it. And it was just yeah, the guy deserves every every result and every accolade that he gets because he he. You know, he puts the work in and he's, yeah, he's just a, a, an amazing athlete. I'm, I'm pretty lucky to have done like a lot of training and some climbing and stuff because he's, you know, he's, if you followed him and, and his journey, he's, um yeah, he's a pretty incredible guy. Well, fingers crossed I get to meet him. He sounds awesome. Yeah, oh, hopefully he gets across to some of the, well, hopefully not because uh, we don't want him to come to any of the races. <laughs> Uh, gonna, if it's going to boost our performances, man, the more the merrier, right? We don't want any yeah, of these easy wins. He is getting a lot older in his in his in these days, which is good. I think it's slowing him down. He's actually he hasn't won a Spartan race. Is it this year or he's? I don't think anyone has, have they? Well, <laughs> he's, he's the same as you, Johnny. He's won a, a Spartan race in every Spartan discipline, uh, right from right through from sprint to um, ultra. Stadium. And yeah, and he's yeah stadium. He's also won a stadium, and he for the last seven years he's won a Spartan race every single year, or podiumed in every Spartan race or something like that. Like he's got some incredible record, but yeah, this Sweet. year he hasn't, he hasn't actually got one. So he's get he's getting. I call him old boy and give him heaps of being old. <laughs> he's not sounds, that old. He's like, he sounds like, like the kind of guy you 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 want to root for. You know, I, I find with um when I'm watching these Spartan rewinds. I don't always know the result, but I'm kind of always wanting like Bracken to do well because he just seems so humble and decent. And yeah. same with like Ryan Atkins and Lindsay. They just, you know, whether they win or lose, they're just going to be smiling, having enjoyed the experience and genuinely be happy for the other people whilst doing the sport fairly and with full integrity. There's certain people you watch in those films where you're like, I do not want this person. <laughs> After true. watching their form, watching their form and listening to them, you're like, Please come last. <laughs> yeah, totally with you on that one as well. Johnny, is there someone out there for you, mate, who's you find super inspirational? Either it can be in the OCR world or not in the OCR world. Uh, in the running world, uh, Kipchoge. I've had exposure with him with my coach, and uh, he's brought up so much information for us previously when I was training back in the years, back in New York. My coach will fly down to uh, Kenya. He'll have some sessions with him, and then when he comes back, he'll give us tidbits here and there so we've heard like stories the different things and of course as he's been blowing up through the media during the years you see where his humble upbringing comes from it's not even like glitz or the glam it's really about like the human potential that he's going for and that's been throughout it hasn't been even just the current uh development of sport this has been his whole entire lifestyle so i think him his role and understanding of how the love of the sport of what you're doing is really what shine helps you shine and bring you above and beyond yeah, he's a bit yeah, of a legend. Right. I always find it funny at the end of his sub two hour math and like his wife's there with his hands open and he kind of like runs towards it and kind of goes to the coach as well at the same time. <laughs> it was yeah. the first race you'd ever been at the finish for when he yep. went yep. sub two hours and he kind of just 
Yeah, he's uh, he, he's exceptional. I, I'm going to add a, a name into the to the ring there for someone that I find amazingly inspiration is a guy called John McAvoy. He yeah. went, was an armed robber. Uh, went to jail at 18, came out, went back in again, and given two life sentences. And while he was in prison, took on rowing. Basically, it was the only fitness equipment that was available to him. And inside jail broke several British and world records through kind of that journey, just became a different person, came out, wasn't successful initially at rowing, but went on to be a full-time international uh, triathlete and Ironman, sponsored by Nike. And now he's just completely changed his life around. And I feel the story is incredible because one, no matter how our life starts, there's always that possibility to make a change. And I just find it inspirational from that point of view, but particularly at this moment in time where maybe resources are limited. This guy was basically isolated in a, in a jail cell apart from the time he could go out to exercise and rowing was his exercise of choice. And he just made the most of his situation out there to become an incredible international athlete breaking these world records. So there's a couple of good podcasts out there which have John McAvoy's story on there, but certainly for me an inspirational figure but i love all of the people that you guys have chosen as well so just to wrap up our conversation and we could continue forever on this i was going to ask you guys what's, what's your kind of aims for the future obviously we're not sure of, of when the next sets of races will be so let's take it towards what would you like to have achieved by the end of 2020 um let's say abu dhabi is happening would that be an option we just want to travel we miss traveling <laughs> Um, not traveling has sucked. No, I actually, it was pretty funny. I've been sort of thinking about this. The other week I had a chat to um, uh, Jack Bauer. He, uh, if you don't know him, he does, you know, runs all the Spartan statistics and he's a super smart guy. And if you jump on his um, Instagram, he runs some really, really good polls and, and, and digs up some information that you, you, you have no idea where he gets it from. Yeah, he actually, we were chatting about, a, pod, a, a podcast he'd done uh, maybe a little while ago and they were talking about couples who have raced the, the most continents out of Spartan. And actually it was, yeah, Jade and myself came up as the most we raced on four. Yeah, and so I've been sort of thinking about that and it's like, you know what, let's see if we can make it a fifth and, and sort of get some sort of, I don't know, some sort of record going here. So... South America might be. Um, I was going to say you, have, you haven't raced Africa, right? No. And there's no. there's Spartan in South Africa, and if it's not just particularly Spartan you're bothered about, they have these incredible. Is it, I can't remember if it's called the Warrior Race. Is it Warrior Race, Johnny? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, so the one sponsored by Toyota, right? Yeah, it, Toyota Warrior Race. It looks as good as I'd say. Like toughest is the race that I haven't done, which I want to do. Swedish, the Nordic kind of race, but this race, I, I'll send you a video clip. If I showed you, you'd be like, okay, we're heading to South Africa for this. <laughs> sign us up, sign us this up. Looks yeah. Amazing. yeah, that would be that would be pretty cool to tick tick that box, like get maybe another continent and, and sort of go. But I think just moving forward from here, just stay injury free and and sort of um, keep. We've both been building some really good bases, you know, during like running bases and fitness bases since the whole coronavirus thing. And I think it's um, we're both in a pretty good place. You know, I'm I'm a lot better mentally with the whole you know it's on a different journey this year it's not about just getting the podiums and getting that you know whatever it's about 
let's enjoy the running and enjoy the training. And, and I think mixing up the training a bit as well has, has really helped, you know. I've been training with a few guys who make me feel really uncomfortable sometimes and not obviously not because of their presence, but because of the stuff we're doing. You know, one of the guys in particular, Andrew Papp, is uh, as a legendary guy, like a personal trainer in Australia. You know, we've been doing sessions where the second, so we're doing like stair sessions or something like that. And the second rep into it, you know, I'm already going, I, I want to pull the pin, but I won't say anything to him. I'll keep training because of him. And he's two reps later, he's wanting to pull the pin, but he doesn't say anything because I'm still there. So wherever the races come, we'll sort of work out where we are and, and go from there. I'd like to get to the world champs again this year. Um, haven't sort of been back since 2013. So yeah. I think that'd be hard as well. Jade? Yeah, for me, it's a little bit more just about being happy to be back. Yeah, of course, I'd be lying if I um, didn't want to do do well and hit some podiums. But I think it's more just that appreciation of not being able to do it pretty much of all of last year to then not put too much pressure to get the results, more so just enjoying it because I wasn't able to do it all of last year, I think. So I think I, I, if I put too much pressure on myself, I don't enjoy that whole process. Like if I'm only thinking about wanting to yeah, podium or do really well in the race, then I don't enjoy the experience because I do get quite anxious about it. So this year it's kind of see how I go and just enjoy it and just try and, I guess, get quite a few races under my belt and just see where I'm at. She'll never admit it, but I think one of her goals is to uh, catch up to her husband for Spartan podiums as well, because he's currently ahead. Jack Bowers just ran the competition of the, the greatest OCR athlete, and Lindsay and Ryan tied. I don't know if you saw yeah. the result. So yeah, I did. We know the second most number of podiums is you guys in terms of a couple, a power couple in the Spartan world. And yeah. Brendan, you've just revealed that out of those 60 podiums... Oh, no. He's not. No, no, no. He's <laughs> oh. full of it. He's just trying to claim that. <laughs> we don't actually I'm pretty know. Sh- no, we do know. <laughs> Jack Bauer even mentioned that to him, I'm pretty sure, but he just doesn't want to admit it. Who, who's, got, who's got the most podiums? Me. <laughs> or, do, do you know the numbers? I, it's pretty close. It's not by much, but I think I'm only a couple ahead. I'm sure, Brendan, if you want to kind of Two. get a different take on it, count up the number of gold, silver, bronze, and may, maybe and you can put a point system yeah, together. He definitely has more golds. Okay. I think he counts two for every gold and that's why he thinks he's you know <laughs> <laughs> aren't golds the the only ones that matter though like if you're silver you're the first loser isn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the rivalry continues that's guys I say massive thank you for your time today it's been absolutely awesome hearing about your journey hearing about what motivates and inspires you and also, I think there's some great takes there in terms of I definitely want to go and watch some of those documentaries that you've mentioned. And it's just good reflecting and listening to your journey. Obviously, we've known each other for a while, but there's so much new information I, I didn't know. And from this, got to run planned later on today. And I can't wait to get out there. And I feel more motivated from speaking to you guys. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, that's good. That's good. Thanks for having us. It's, we've, we've missed you, you know, both of you guys so much. And obviously, we're so used to seeing you every you know, every few weeks or every few months. And it's, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty tough not seeing sort of all the Spartan worldwide family, but yeah, it's good to, good to catch up with you guys. Yeah, it's been awesome. And that my friends is unlocking athletic potential. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and taken something away with you to help you perfect your craft.